Hey, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, your source of practical strategies to keep everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. I'm your host, Naomi Rotenberg, and today we're talking to another pet professional about how they've used their expertise to manage the relationship between their own pets. Let's get started. Our guest today is Lin Lin Cow. She started her professional life with a PhD in material science. And after adopting her reactive dog, Nico, she became very interested in science-based dog training methods and eventually became a trainer herself. In addition to her PhD, she is a CPDTKA, an AKC evaluator, a CCUI, which is a Certified Control Unleashed instructor, and is training to become a Certified Professional Canine Fitness Trainer, CPCFT, if there's not enough letters for you, because she (laughs) believes it's important to help the dog's mind and body. Lin Lin also enjoys dog sports and competes in canine nose work and rally obedience with her two dogs, Nico and Sunny, who I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot today. So thank you, Lin Lin, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the introduction. (laughs) I hope I did everything right. Lots of lots of acronyms to go through. I mean, you're making me sound better than I am. So thank you. No. <laughs> so we talked, we introduced Sunny and Nico, um, mm-hmm. but we need to talk a little bit about the cast of characters that you mm-hmm. have um, because there's, there's some felines as well. Um, yes. So introduce all of your pets and tell me a little bit about their histories so we can kind of get a sense of how things started. Um, with all of them. Yeah, sure. So I have two cats, Simon. He's about, I think, seven years old now. And then another one, uh, the only girl in the house, Tiffany. She's uh, six. Um, so I had a Simon first. So that's our first pet. And then at that time, I was second year or third year in graduate school. And I really want a pet. And then my husband, like boyfriend back then, and said, <laughs> try a cat seems easier to manage than a dog so we went to adopt Simon when he was about two months old and then Tiffany came to us because we were I think it's a winter Houston but we're living in Houston so Houston winter wasn't that bad but I remember that day was pretty cold so we eat lunch in Chinatown uh, Houston and then Chinatown always have some street cats around so um, they're just this black little cats and keep following us. And then she's so timid and still so small. And then we felt bad to kind of leave her there because I feel like it's kind of cold for her. She's really small. I saw she was only like a month old, a two month old. Um, so we kidnapped her. <laughs> I saw <laughs> kidnapped her. She wasn't too happy, but she settled in really nicely. But our plan is to bring her to the shelter. So we went to the shelter. Um, and then I can see my my husband boyfriend back then. He's a really cat person. I can see he like, you know, hard to let her go. And then I was just like, okay, how about we just uh, take her home? I didn't even know her gender yet. Um, <laughs> so I just take her home and then to see how it goes with uh, Simon. Um, so that's how she came to our to to us. Um, but turn out she was actually five month old, uh, because she just really under, uh, you know, underweight is really small. Um, so yeah, that's how I get our two cats. <laughs> and how did their introductions go? 
So their introduction, yeah, they went. It took Simon a long time. Simon actually was scared of Tiffany.、Um, so we back then we didn't know why. I didn't know anything about animal behavior back then. But I remember back then we read something like you know sometimes a dog has a scared of kittens or whatever. I think Simon probably after came to us never really see other cats or dogs.、Um, so he was scared of her. So we keep them separate for. For a while, I think for a month or so, just to start at the baby gate and then start to kind of they interact,、um, you know, through under supervision, of course. So、um, that I, I, we just took it very slow. Okay, so now we have the two cats who are living together, and Simon's kind of gotten over his fear of Miss Tiffany, and then you guys were like, "Sure, let's add a dog." <laughs> Not- <laughs> Didn't go like that. So, <laughs>、um, so my husband and I actually graduated the same year. So he just、uh, for PhD, we we can graduate any time we want. We can defend any time we want. So he graduated like、uh, he defended in April and graduated in May. So he catched up the year before, and he got a job. He moved to DC. And then, so the second day, I was by myself. <laughs> And I said, I said, okay, I want to go to the shelter to donate some cat stuff because the cats are with him now.、Um, so, and then I saw Nico.、Um, so he was in the shelter. He needed a foster because he had a, a kennel cough, really bad kennel cough. He stopped eating for a day or two. He just really stressed out in the shelter. And the next thing I know, he he was on a car. <laughs> Came home with me, and then I remember I was calling my husband back then. I was like, "Okay, I'm fostering this dog, and trust me, it's gonna be just a week. And after you know he recovers,、um, he's gonna be gone." And then he never left, <laughs> so I adopted him.、Uh, so Nico stayed with me when I was finishing my dissertation defense,、uh, probably for two months before he met the cats. Mm-hmm. And that introduction went really poorly. So,、uh, yes, let's talk、uh, about really, it a little bit. I know I、uh, have to. So, at that time, Nico, when I first fostered him and adopted him, he was about six months old. So his reactivity just started to show.、Mm-hmm. Like I started to kind of sense, like why sometimes he's just barking at people randomly, or sometimes he's like fixing on the dogs and barking on the dogs, but. Back then, I didn't know anything about behavior, so I I didn't think too much about it.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually never even thought he would be,、um, you know, so reactive to cats. Like、mm-hmm. once we drove across the country from Houston to DC with him, and、uh, of course I keep them. I, I actually I think when first introduced. I, Left him unleashed, luckily, but he was so reacted to the cats, like he cannot settle. He will keep digging the door if I when I lock the cats in the bedroom, like he cannot even leave the bedroom door. He just like keep digging there and barking and then trying to get in.、Um, so I,、um, if imagine you say like、uh, Nico is really has. Hybrid drive, so sometimes if see a squirrel in the yard, he still act like the way, but it's like it's it's hard to say, like because I really worried about cat safety, but also、mm-hmm. I really want to keep him, right? I really want this to go well. Um, yeah, so that's how we started. 
<laughs> okay, so the cats were in their own room, and Nico yeah. was having a conniption at the door mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. for for a while. Um, yeah. Okay, and so that's not something that could go on for a long time. So no. what did you? So how did you kind of? <laughs> how did you work on that? So luckily, he already created. So I started to do you know like a lot of management with a set up a baby gates. Uh, so I remember it's double, I like okay, double uh, protections. You know, you have a door, but also like a baby gate, just mm -hmm. in case someone uh, forget to close the baby gate, mm -hmm. right? It's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, also like crates. So I like like two layers of protection at least because yeah, people sometimes just forget. Mm -hmm. Now I probably forget. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really really intend to work on that like initially initially just management because i feel he knows the cats are there either mm -hmm. doing management or doing anything else in the house like it's part of a conditioning process right like mm -hmm. he knows even he doesn't see the cats he still knows the cats are there so i start to just reinforce kind of you know he can leave in the house knowing the cats in another room locked up mm -hmm. like he can live his life uh, he doesn't have to fix it on the door. I keep like panting, like trying to get him to the to like you know see the cats or bark at the cats or chase the cats. So so it's just like, can you live in the same house, mm -hmm. not in seeing each other, just knowing that they're yeah. there? Yeah, and can you exist? <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel a lot of times people say like you know, it, unless you're letting them on two sides of baby gate, that's you're working on the introduction. Otherwise, if you lock them up, it's not introducing them, not like active work on it, just avoiding the issue. But I think they know that the, another animal exists in the house. Like mm -hmm. he knows, he saw them go to another room, so he knows they're there. And if if he cannot even handle knowing they're in a different room and he can, you know, just dist not distract, like, you know, he can relax. Mm -hmm. Then how I can make it even harder for him to bring like the cat to the baby gate or make them meet, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many steps in between yeah. not having a cat and having a cat right yeah. across the baby yeah. gate. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, totally. There's, you did the, exactly the right thing. Um, <laughs> so we needed to teach him to settle on his own. Yeah. Yes. And then gradually introduce the cats into that yes. situation. Yes. Okay. And mm -hmm. so were you also working on his reactivity outside at the same time? Cause there's a lot of projects going on here at the yes. same time. Yes. Um, so I, I, after graduate, so I didn't work for about two months. So basically, I just spent uh, uh, that whole two months on him. But <laughs> I also have to say, like, back then, I was using aversive tools on him, visit reactivity, which uh, backfired, you know, a couple of months later. That's how I, um, you know, kind of cross over to the positive side. So until he's uh, stress got even, like, he cannot handle his stress anymore. He cannot handle any, like, Stranger, so his reactive just got a lot worse outside. Mm -hmm. It worked 
in the beginning, I have to say, immersive tools, I understand how they work. And I know sometimes they can appear to be magic tools in the beginning. Like I saw their magic tools. I was like, oh, why don't everybody put a front collar, e collar on the dog if they're reactive? They work so well. Until it doesn't work because until this, they cannot handle the stress anymore, until like that. That correction, the trainer will tell me you just keep increasing the correction, and then I feel if I have to keep increasing the correction, that means this doesn't work. Like, at least I have that logic. At least <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> I know that's not that's not the right path. And also, if if it's already to me pretty high correction that cannot hand like it's getting more and more difficult to handle his stress, that means it's. He's getting worse, and then why I keep doing that? I can say he's getting worse. So yeah, at the same time, I'm working on his reactivity, but using aversive too. But uh, pretty soon, I you know I switch back. Uh, I switch back. I cross over to the positive side. So, and I think that's when he started making more progress with the cats as well because. Once I cross over to the positive、uh, reinforcement side, and I start to read a lot of books on body language and on their emotions, so I start to understand him a lot more, like his behavior a lot more, and then that helps me with like cats,、um, his life with the cats as well. Yeah, it's super、mm-hmm. important. Those subtle behavior shifts that we don't see that are like precursors to the bigger blowups. Yes, that's where we have to start. If you just kind of hit the barking and lunging, I know exactly. <laughs> Not just、um, that, right? There's so、yeah. many, so much more happening before that. So yesterday, someone tagged me on a TikTok video is introducing a kitten to a mastiff. So,、um, so they first introduced. Be, like you know,、uh, with baby gates. So someone holding the kitten, and the mastiff sniff the kitten, but the mastiff yarned, did the yarning and lip linking.、Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to miss, right? Very short video, about two seconds, only show that. And I saw the yarning and the lip linking.、Mm-hmm. So that just indicates there's still a lot of conflicts.、Mm-hmm. Even the mastiff, the dog didn't do anything.、Mm-hmm. And the next step, the owner let the kitten go over to the baby gate. And then the dog fixing on the kitten, and then charge and the muzzle punch the kitten. Like <laughs> you know, I don't think due to their size difference, of course, it's very dangerous for the kitten. The kitten、mm-hmm. is like smaller than his head.、Right. But also, there's so much more, right? If a really、um, experienced trainer wouldn't let the kitten wouldn't go to next step, seeing、right. that direction、uh, with the baby gate or with distance, because that just means the dog. Barely manage his reaction then, right? So coming、yeah. signals, all these signals means the dog is under stress and in conflict, and then can barely manage his emotion then. And if you make it harder for the dog, then the dog gonna it's not it's it's just not fair for anyone there. Yeah, and it's also not fair to the kitten, right? Because the kitten is stuck, right? It, even in that first introduction, the dog is showing yeah. some yeah. some displacement, can't handle stress. But then there's this kitten who you can, probably can't see what their behavior is because they're in you know this person's、yeah. uh, hands. But theoretically, a really big dog is like right up in his face. He'd probably want to move away, right? Yeah, <laughs>、um, yeah. If not run away, at least like give a little, get a little bit of space.、Um, 
And I think mm-hmm. that that's what people forget a lot of time. They focus on the dog a lot because of the safety issue, right? There's usually a size difference. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it makes sense. Don't You don't have to feel like badly if you're like, I'm going to just train my dog. But thinking about the cat side of it and mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. behaviors the cat needs to be able to do in order to feel safe and to like do normal yes. cat things, that's the only time that they can actually exist together. Otherwise, it's just yeah, very synthetic, one-sided interaction. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, because two of my cats have very different personalities. So Simon, like, he likes to hang out with mm-hmm. dogs. He likes to, like, come to the training room. And he likes to be chased, mm-hmm. actually. So this this morning, like, Nico was eating his breakfast. And then Simon just uh, wanted to be chased. <laughs> and you could just see a crazy cat, like, yelling, like, running back and forth <laughs> <laughs> around Nico's uh, breakfast because he wanted Nico to chase him. But then on the other hand, Tiffany, she's like, she doesn't want to be chased. She doesn't want to like stay somewhere, like relax. Um, so yeah, like how I, you know, I gave her safe place so she can she can stay wherever she wants. And then there will be time like downstairs, I because Sunny, she's still a little bit scared of Sunny because Sunny just big. Actually, Sunny is pretty gentle with her, but she doesn't like him. And I think it's I don't blame her for not liking him. There's no reason for her has to right. like him, right? So whenever Sunny in his crate, she will come downstairs, chill on the catchway, and then so I have a you know catchway set up, and there's a high counter so she can go to if she feels she needs. So yeah, she doesn't want to like play with the dogs, which is fine. She she doesn't right. have to. <laughs> And I think it's so interesting how they definitely know when the management is in place, Uh right? I mean, I had so many clients be like, the cat, as soon as the dog is in the crate, they're like, wee! (laughs) Freedom! Um, They definitely know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ah, so many good stories and tangents. But okay, so we're going back. So Nico is still crazy, right? And he's still... Right. He's getting he's he's able to relax. He's getting better. Mm. You're starting to use some R plus mm. stuff to mm. help him relax. You're noticing his body language more. Mm. And mm. so when did the cats actually get released from the room? So I first we did was him behind the baby gate, almost counter conditioning. And then my husband, the uh, husband. Uh, yeah. Wait, uh, yeah. Boyfriend uh, holding the cats because I uh, just want to control the mm-hmm. distance if the cats come close or if the cats suddenly run just gonna add more um just trigger mm-hmm. for him so we do a lot of counter conditioning and then gradually we decrease uh de- decrease distance at the same time i work a lot on settle on the mat mm-hmm. with him so i think the first time simon come to the same room with him was nico lying down mm-hmm. on a mat so just like really high rate reinforcement of like for Nico being able to do that. Um, so that's just gradually. And then I also practice a lot of recall with Nico in the house. His recall side is not that great. Um, he just have really high pre-drive, like really high. Just But inside the house, he's great because I did a lot of like, kneeling, smelling time probably, especially with the cats. So if their movement trigger him, he want to chase him, uh, and then the cat doesn't want him to chase them. You know, if Simon, he chose, 
each of them is fine because Simon wants it. <laughs> but if the cats, you know, in a moment they don't want it, and then I can call mm-hmm. him back. So a lot of them force on that as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it just it's not. Now I think back, that's what like five years ago.、Um, I cannot remember all the details, but.、Um, It seemed to me like happened all of a sudden, but of course, like no behavior happened、mm-hmm. all of a sudden. I think it's very slow introduction,、um, very short a time a day, probably just beginning with like a minute of contact conditioning behind the baby gates with the leash on, with his leash on, and then gradually to like with his leash on、uh, mat, and the cats can come、mm-hmm. to the room. Uh, well, the cat is not crazy hyper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all I can think of right now.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I teach a lot of my clients the whiplash turn. So you're a CCUI, right? So it's basically、mm-hmm. like you know, turn away from whatever is out there and turn back to me like on a dime. Yeah. That's what you're talking、yeah. about with、yeah. with the recall, right? Where it's like,、mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that that's、yeah. really that's- really important. That's like your last. <laughs> Like line of defense, if the chase is happening, yeah, 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 yeah. No, right before, if you can call them off, if you can catch them before they start a chasing, if a chase already started, it's、mm-hmm. much harder to be honest, right? Well, I know that,、mm, but if you watch them closely, you can see、um, the chase gonna start, and then you、yeah. just call them off. That decision point, before, right,、yeah. where they're yeah, where they kind of. And forward, and you're like, "Oh my God, it's gonna happen!" Right? <laughs> that's what. Yeah, yeah. That, I, it's that's the cue for you when you're feeling when you're feeling in your stomach, like, "Oh God, something's gonna happen." That's when you call the dog. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. When okay, so the animals are okay, but you've mentioned Nico's prey drive. Has he ever hurt another small animal like outside, or he just likes to chase? No, he cannot catch a squirrel. But he tries. He tries really hard. <laughs> he tries. He tries really hard. Just uh, um, it's a、uh, reinforcement that he will never get, but he will never <laughs> give up. Oh, he will always try. Yeah, he's he just not fast. I don't know. He just never fast enough. He can jump pretty high. He can jump like five, six feet. Um, he trying to jump on the tree and <laughs> trying to jump on the fence. <laughs> But、um, even if he catch them, I don't think he will really want to catch them.、Mm-hmm. I think it's the cheese because when he like trying to play with let's say bug or frog, and then he actually doesn't、mm-hmm. really that interested. It just、um, and also we did the bar hunt when he went to sniff the rats in the in the <laughs> tube. He actually scared. He scared. He's like, I found you. It's very funny. Always, always trying to hunt rats in the neighborhood, but then we do bar hunt, and then he go there, sniff the rat, and then he got scared. I love it. <laughs> so he got to,、uh, you know, express those natural behaviors through other means, right?、Mm-hmm. You started doing sports with him.、Yeah. You started doing things that. Get him to chase things, right? Letting him Let be a dog. Be a dog.、Um, yeah. Do you feel like that also might have helped with the cats that he got to do stuff outside that kind of got those behaviors out of his system? Maybe I feel I don't think you know doing that with、um, some people worried if you let dog kind of、mm-hmm. like chase squirrels, your dog gonna learn that behaviors chasing cats. I definitely haven't seen that, but I feel if he's、mm-hmm. Needs to be mad, like it's gonna be assimilated, and he's happy. 
and then yeah, he just have a just <laughs> in better mode and <laughs> relaxed. <Yeah>. So <laughs> cool. So all right. So everything seems okay with the three of them. And when did Sunny come into the picture?、Mm, Sunny is the last one. Yeah, Sunny was three years ago. So、um, that's when the time actually Nico wasn't doing really well because he has a lot of stress and anxiety. He wasn't doing really well in sports. But I, was, I just want a dog kind of like do sports with me, especially like nose work. But then after I got Sunny, Nico got really good at nose work. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I just want to fail the lab.、Um, so, Why、well, every pet has so much, so many stories. So it went really well with Sunny as a puppy. Like he, he tried to play with Simon. Simon is pretty bold, and then he doesn't scared of him.、Um, so he, I will have a video of puppy Sunny trying to play with Simon. But then about four and five, four, four or five month old. Was Sunny? He、uh, started limping on the front, and then it took us a long time to figure out. So his elbow dysplasia. So we did surgery when he was eight month old, but the recovery didn't go as well as planned. Normally, two month recovery is fine. Like dog, two three months they can go back to their normal activity, but he still had a, a very mild limp. Uh, and then we did another treatment when he was one and a half years old, and another so. Long story short, he was pre-rested basically from five months old until two years old, almost two one and a half to two. So, of course, I'm just to do pure management in that time. He's not interacting with Nico. He's not. He's not going walk with Nico. He, they don't even meet because he needs to be strictly like you know limit his activity, and then he doesn't meet the cats either. So it's all management then. And then once he released, and then you know, from five months old puppy, he was small, and then till two years old, I thought, all of a sudden, like has he started has more freedom, and then he started to,、um, you know, start to meet other pets. So that that introduction actually I think to start almost redo all the introduction for him, right? Almost he didn't exist、mm-hmm. to the other three pets. In the past two years, and now I have、mm-hmm. to reintroduce them. So I just、uh, did. I started doing a couple months ago, posting on my、uh, Instagram. So I do a lot of training with Simon first. Basically, look at that, and also a lot of pattern game, and then also、uh, we play turns or、so、recall him back、um, or settle on that. So now、uh, Simon can stay like in the same room. Um, they can hang out together. I don't. I don't、uh, manage too much at this point, unless two dogs sometimes get up on Simon and then <laughs> he doesn't like it.、Um, unless that. Otherwise, Simon and Sunny they can stay in the same room and then co coexist very nicely without much management. Tiffany doesn't like Sunny, and I cannot force her to do too much. But yeah. So you mentioned training Simon first.、Mm-hmm. I mean, the dogs、mm-hmm. had training because you were training them for other stuff.、Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the、yeah. can you talk a little bit about how you started the training with Simon? What was your plan? How did you work on you know reinforcers for him and all of that? Simon actually before I get even any dogs, I did some clicker training with him. Um, because I I didn't do much. I just taught him a high five, shake hands, and then spin. I remember because I got a book. Um, 
Amazon, like clicker trend cats or yeah, something like that. That's many years ago. So I did some and then I kind of like got lazy. So I didn't do too much. And then he started to, I don't know. Uh, he always get, he always involved. He always like around. You'll see a lot of my training videos. Some just like to hang out uh, in the training area. And sometimes he get interested. He will like come over to get a dog twist. So I just like, oh, let me just try it. Especially in nose work. It's very funny. He has a very good nose. And uh, he always found the highs before, <laughs> you know, he actually, I never trained him on essential oil because I feel it's not safe for cats. But for some reason, he trained himself and then he just always like, um, found the highs <laughs> himself. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, oh, um, let me try again. Let me like uh, do some uh, training with him. Took me some why to find the traits he likes. Uh, he really liked the the granny like type of trees, you know. <laughs> I call them dunk trees, but yeah, he loves them. It's always helpful when both species can use the same food treats. Yeah, but it is difficult sometimes yeah. to find uh, something that the cats will eat. So, did you just yeah try but like throw a bunch of things at him and see what he did? Yeah, I asked. Yeah, I asked because I'm. People on uh, Facebook, I remember, but then I just try. He also mm-hmm. likes freeze dried chicken, but freeze dried chicken can get a little bit um, messy because when they eat, it's hard to yeah they get a crumb. So I found and then I found this he likes the most. So just uh, yeah, let's save it right now. Did he come out of the box being able to eat from your hand, or did you have to teach him that reinforcement strategy? I think. Both cats just because we always hand feed them some treats. Um, Tiffany a little bit, uh, she will eat, but she's not like she's bad at eating off hand. Sometimes she's just like a hard. I don't know, like she's so small, so sometimes even she eat her food. It, like it took her some time. So and then I heard someone on Instagram asking me about some cats don't like eating from him people's hand i guess that's probably uh true uh yeah they always eat eat off my can, uh, hand but for simon to be able to find toss the traits as a reset it took some practice that took some practice yeah do you use <laughs> so for your reset um treats did you figure mm-hmm. out a good method to teach him or you just practice i just practice because um for him he uses his eyes i i think i can tell he uses his eyes so if he can see that grinning on the on the floor if it's different color so i just need to make sure i don't toss too far and then you know it's kind of obvious okay. for him to say where it is and then cool yeah so the contrast on the floor is important mm-hmm. um <laughs> probably yeah. if he can hear it a little bit might be helpful too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the grannies is a heart, right? So he can hear the the sound of dropping. Yes, yeah. I I think that that's really common. I I sometimes tell people to like skid the the treat across the floor yeah. too. Um, mm. But yeah, a lot of cats they don't come out of the box like mm. a lot of dogs do, being able to mm. eat the way we want them to in training Mm -hmm. and people who have only worked with dogs are often confused until they realize Mm -hmm. that, you know, we should also work on reinforcement strategies with Mm -hmm. our dogs as well. Um, I actually work with dogs. Don't eat 
of people's yeah. hands because they're fearful. We are working with a lot of fearful dogs. Yes. Some dogs I cannot feed off the hand. So, yeah. yeah. It's, eating is a behavior that is trainable. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, you got to start with that with the cats. So Sunny has now been introduced to all the animals and mm-hmm. Tiffany is like, whatever. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and Simon likes to train with the dogs. Um, so do you keep them when you're not home? Are they still managed? Um, are the dogs crated? Like, how does that work in terms of safety and supervision? Yeah, good question. So, Sunny is still managed. So, we're not home. Sunny is still in crate. Um, he's just a bigger dog. It's easier for him <laughs> to get into trouble. I think, um, yeah, for a, he's a field lab. So, like, he's a pretty chill for a field lab, I would say. But still... Like without people supervise supervise him, sometimes he will still get himself into trouble, uh, get bored. So he still managed, but he's increased when we're not home. Increased children, But the Nico, since he was about one and a half years old, he has been just stay with the cats. Like when we're not home during the day, he's not created. For, for a long time, he wasn't created at night. But because I'm preparing for like mm-hmm. babies coming, so I know it's gonna be harder for him. This so just after the move after summer, he started sleeping in his crate at night. Um, but yeah, he he's crate trained, so he he can go to sleep in the crate, so he doesn't mind at all. Uh, but during the day, he's with the cats. Um, yeah, so I think probably. It's really hard to decide when you can trust the dog to be loose mm-hmm. with the cat at home. Uh, that's yeah, that was a big question for me back then. But I observe Nico a lot. I know he he doesn't want to like he would he has that pre drive right, but he also he's a very sensitive dog. He doesn't he stops if the cats get annoyed. I need to trust him, be able to control his arousal when he's like. It's a pre-drive kick in. That's when I say, okay, if I don't really need much management when, when I'm home, then I can start to try short period that I can let you lose mm-hmm. when I'm not home. That's, I think, um, that that's a self-control. But yeah, I think that relaxed response or be able to control, be able to stop, they can stop on their own when they're even being triggered by the yeah. movement of cats. That's a really important point, right? At the beginning, especially if you're training a whiplash turn, you need to supervise them and you need to guide them. You need to say, okay, you're starting yeah. to chase the cat. You need to turn around, right? But then that becomes mm-hmm. habit for them. It, it tends to, mm-hmm. it tends to mm-hmm. just be, they start to be able to do it themselves where the movement mm-hmm. of the cats is kind of a cue for them to stop and move and turn around. Um, and that's the goal, right? <laughs> that you don't need mm-hmm. to cue them anymore. You don't mm-hmm. even need to be there. The animals are cueing yeah. each other for the correct behavior. Yeah. Correct is the wrong word. Yeah. He was pushing them. Like this, earlier, he, he just went upstairs to his cats, but then no one need to interrupt him. He would just exactly. stop on his own. Like he will even go, he would just like, okay, nothing really. And then I know it's, um, you know, safe for both of them. That's a good point. So I think that's what I'm looking for in training. So I say a lot of people either is leave it or like cat training or that. So the dog's response, they can 
just barely manage their emotion. Like you know, you tell them leave it, or without telling them leave it, you have treats in hand. You can still see they're like constantly looking at the cats or trying to fix on the cat, right? So I will say that stage is they're not over threshold yet,、yeah. but close. Like that that time that period, they、mm-hmm. need a lot of management. But if I'm in training, I'm looking for is like the dog very easily, like very easy for the dog to make a decision on their own、um, to disengage、yes. with the cats. So that's the type of response I'm looking for, and then that's how I do the setups as well. Because I feel if if I don't have to like constantly be ready, like step in between them, like I'm really I feel relaxed. I don't feel the need to do that, and then that's. You know that means the dog is making really making a decision. It's not me pressure the dog to make the right decision, and I think that helped them to to kind of transition to when owners are now present. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, as if if you don't have to interfere when you are there,、mm-hmm. they're much more likely to be able to do it when you aren't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's another thing about the body language, right? You know, if if you're not paying attention to the body language and the tension in the animals, both the cat and the dog, right? If the cat is like poised to flee,、mm-hmm. and the dog is intense,、yeah. just because they aren't chasing or there's not like an you know a bark lunge scenario, doesn't mean that they're ready to move on to that next step. Just like the mastiff, yes, just like the mastiff and the kitten. Yeah, we really need like some. Some yes, relaxation. So, do you feel like you use a lot of control unleashed exercises and games with the animals? Yeah. So I with Sunny, yes, I think that helped him really a lot with Simon. So with Nico back then, I didn't know control unleashed yet. So I just learned like this two years. So with Sunny, when I introduced him to cats, yes, definitely. Um, so I I did a lot of you know really fun games. So when we started, I think I post video. They cannot in the same room yet. So Simon cannot be.、Mm-hmm. So if Simon in the room and Sonic just cannot focus, that's where we started. And now they can you know in the same in the same space, and then Sonic can just ignore him, or sometimes go sniff him, and if he doesn't like being sniffed, just like okay, I'm just gonna leave. So、um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I am definitely going to ask you for some of these videos so that、mm-hmm. the listeners can see what we're talking about with the animals. Okay. Because、um, yeah. it's super. You know, these are like the foundation skills that all the animals need to have to be able to、mm-hmm. look at the other one and then say, "Eh, I'm going to keep doing what I was doing." <laughs> yeah.、Um, and there's、yes. lots of different ways to cultivate that. Control unleashed exercises are are、mm-hmm. a really good. Place to start with that. Shout out to Leslie.、Um, I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll tag her in this. So you met the, the dogs do a lot of enrichment, dog sports, things like that. What kind of enrichment do you have going on for the cats,、um, either around your house or activities、mm-hmm. that you do with them, like separate from the dog? I know Simon likes to get in on、mm-hmm. training with the dogs, but like、mm-hmm. <laughs> to have to help them have. Their needs met. Yeah, so Tiffany doesn't really want to do any anything. So if she wants to trace, I just、uh, she will come downstairs and meow at us, <laughs> and then I will just 
free treats as well. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she gets a free pass for everything. Um, for Simon, so yeah, I do a lot of training with him uh, separately from the dogs. So he loves training. I, I always say he's a high drive cat. <laughs> like in the house, is like the high, most high drive one because he will yell at me every night. Like every time I walk around the house, and he's gonna yell at me because he wants to train. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I just uh, did um, a novel's trick cat, trick cat title. Mm. Um, so he needs to perform fifteen tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that in the past this year. I think I took um, most of the videos this year. So yeah, that's what we did. That's awesome, <laughs> trick cat. I mean, I knew there was trick dog. Why wouldn't there be a trick cat? Yeah. Yeah, so it's the same organization. So do more with your dog. Uh-huh. Uh, so they also, you can also submit cat trick videos. It's the same tricks, just uh, you know, do with the cat. So. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely link to that because I know mm-hmm. some people will want to do that. I should do that with yeah. my cat. Yeah, a lot of people don't know you can do that. So, exactly. Yeah, totally. People don't think you can train mm-hmm. the cats at all, let alone to teach them to do like cool tricks. Yeah. Sometimes people say like, "Oh, yeah," they will amaze that you can train the cats. And also, like, people say, oh, like, will that behavior stay? I was like, yeah, because operationalization <laughs> works, right? Because if you reinforce that, and then that behavior is going to stay. <laughs> yeah. So there were some ups and downs in your process with them. Do you have an idea of, like, what, what was, the like, the lowest point where you were like, ooh, I'm not sure if this is going to work? Did you ever have any feelings like that? Yeah, with Nico. Um, I think when I first... You know, that type of reaction, even now when I work with clients, I work with clients, you know, for cats introduction sometimes. Like, I never seen such a extreme reaction from a dog. Like, you know, fixing on cats or sometimes even barking the cats. It's pretty normal. But that type of, that high level arousal from Nico, and it's considering back then I wasn't, I, I didn't know anything about behavior. So... For me to unpack that, mm-hmm. um, um, and then to decide, I don't know. I just back then I feel like I didn't want to really think uh, if it could work or not because at least I'm gonna try, right? I'm gonna try my best, but I'm also open to. I don't want to put anyone in danger in this situation. I don't want to be in love with one my dog heals one my cat. Mm-hmm. Then I make that decision. <laughs> it's like. It's not going to be safe. Yeah. But before that, you know, not before that, but I'm just, I'm, I, I know that's my boundary. That's like, I'm not going to let that happen. But also I'm not too, I just try not to think about what if it doesn't work. Like I just drove him across the country yeah. to, to DC. Like what, uh, what, what I'm going to do, like we're going to, I just, I just try not to focus on that. I just try to focus on the work, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So it worked out. Yeah. So you're expecting a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. And so all of these skills that the animals have with each other, do you anticipate that they will be useful when introduced to a new human member of the family? Yeah, definitely. You know, like, uh, I think management right so the dog can stay in the crate um with other with things going on in the house it's going to be very useful they can stay across the baby gate um 
all that management, or they have they can stay on their mats when there are things going on in the room. Yes, absolutely. I feel probably harder. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel maybe I'm not sure it's harder than cats. <laughs> I think it's harder when they start walking. Probably harder. Um, it's a crying baby. I'm not sure yet. So well, but they yeah, don't move for a little while, so that that is yeah, helpful. <laughs> Before they move, probably not as difficult. But after they move, probably more difficult. <laughs> yeah, I have a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, um, oh. and it. It's very, it's very different. It's very different. Um, but yeah, all the skills and all the concepts are the same, um, yeah. which I think yeah. is really helpful for a lot of people to, to realize. It's just like you have to start with management, make sure nothing bad is going to happen, and then yeah. you know ease those skills in so that they can relax around each other and just exist together. Yeah. So I'm uh, starting the uh, family pause uh, parent educator program. Mm-hmm. I just started tonight, so first class. Ah. But I was talking to Jennifer, so she's a founder. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I completely agree. I think most of the people with the kids, I mean, the kids too, right? Like a lot, probably same. Like you wait until you see the problem. Right. Like you will see videos online till the the dog bait the kids, which is like terrifying where the dog like trying to bite the kitten or trying to hurt mm-hmm. the cat. Is it horrifying for everyone? Mm-hmm. But actually, we should do a lot more to prevent that. So what we really focus on should be how we can prepare the dog, how to prepare, like, you know, when a new kitten comes in the mm-hmm. home or when before the new baby comes home, right. right? Like, there's so much more to do before. And then there's also so much more management to do to prevent a bad reaction happen. And then because nobody want to say that nobody want to say anyone get hurt. Yeah, I'm actually going to have Jen on the podcast soon. So that's going to be really oh, nice. cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jennifer is, um, she's a really cool resource to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of overlap. So what do you have kind of a, a surprising store like interaction that the animals have had lately something funny that you were just kind of like i would not have expected that they would do this so i i think it like you know they're i don't know right now every time right now at night sometimes my my husband is like uh like in the kitchen and he told me like two three times he will feed the cats and dog treats together so they were just like all sitting there uh, cats probably on the counter I don't know. I didn't say that, so I don't know. But he will feed them trees like one, one, one by one, and I think that's super cute. It's so cute, and it's also <laughs> counter conditioning. Just their presence around each other. That's so great. Yeah, exactly. So with management, a lot of questions that I get is about you know like my dog can't handle being behind a gate. Or like the cat screams when it's mm. shut up in a room. Did you have mm-hmm. any mm. issues like that, especially when the cats first were kind of put into the room when Nico came? Yeah, I think first. So when I, I guess when we got Tiffany, that's like the first time we do like a separation, right? Back then, Simon already used to because my my husband actually is allergic to cats <laughs> no he's a cat person. he's allergic to cats um so back then uh we didn't let simon into our bedroom because the bedroom is carpet so simon already used to growing up that just staying like outside the bedroom mm-hmm. um, so he doesn't mind we're not mm-hmm. aware in the bedroom so 
Tiffany will just stay in the bedroom, and I'll just spend a lot of time there because she's new. She just came to our home, and she's still not used to the environment. I just like physically spend a lot of time with her, just kind of hang out in that room. Um, so I guess they both okay, just in、uh, like a separate room by themselves,、mm-hmm. or like they're together. For Nico, I guess back then I do a lot of training with him, so. Nico was separating living room, the cats in the bedroom, so the cats didn't really have problem. And then Nico, I guess I just individually with each pet, I do a lot of separation, like you know, crate training separation for dog. Even with people going on, my I want my dog to be、mm-hmm. okay, stay in the crate,、um, or stay behind baby gate. Even now, just for cats'、uh, sake, just. Practice a lot of that with, with you know, practice a lot of that because I've heard people I work with clients, especially puppy clients, like they will say the puppy only goes to crate when they're not home,、mm. and so like very soon the puppy cannot handle being put in the crate if the owners are home and they're since、mm-hmm. going on in the house. And how they can handle? Yeah, of course they are not used to also like being locked behind the baby gate,、uh, or you know. But of course, if it's separation anxiety, if it's really like anxiety, it's not just、mm-hmm. a little bit stress or not used to. I think I would suggest to work with anxiety expert specialist、mm-hmm. to work on that. If it's just normal, you know, I don't like being away from other activity. I think you should just work on that separately. Yeah. So I was gonna say, what are your what are your tips for that? Yeah. So for dogs,、um, I just you know I will still put them in crate,、uh, especially when they're tired. Let's say they're tired for a puppy or a dog too. Especially puppy, they don't know how to nap on their own. They have to.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to put them in a crate to give them like an hour or two hours to nap. So I would、mm-hmm. suggest, especially with the puppy, a young dog, dogs too, like adults too, is when they're tired, put them in a crate for short period of time, give them a frozen call, and then you just carry on your day. Like you can go cooking, like you can do whatever in the house, but they know it's okay. They can stay in a crate when you are home. Yeah, just. Making it not that big of a deal. Yeah, just to, yeah, just normal. Just make it like this could happen, right? They don't feel unjustified. That this is like never happened before, and now all of a sudden, like you're you're locking me up、um, because the cats are there, or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really important.、Um, mm-hmm. So you had a few things. Go on with your animals that seemed kind of surprising for you, partially because you weren't a behavior professional、mm-hmm. at the time.、Mm-hmm. Um, looking back now, is there anything that you might have done differently now that you know what you know? Yeah, definitely wouldn't use、uh, aversive training on Nico. That's for sure. But at the same time, I'm. I try not to regret too much. Like I know what I did.、Mm-hmm. I know,、um, you know, aversive to made him more stressed. It took us two years to rebuild his confidence,、mm-hmm. right? But I don't know. I feel everybody make mistake. I try just on just to learn from it. If without his mistake, I wouldn't learn. Although that's bad for Nico. Like he's my <laughs> like elaborate.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I appreciate the opportunity to learn from him and learn from the class as well. 
do it differently. I guess I will just be even more at that time because I didn't understand threshold as well as I know I'm now. So I think sometimes I still push Nicole too hard or too close to threshold during counter conditioning.、Uh, I definitely would.、Uh, Like make that slower and make a lot of pattern game, use a lot of pattern game, and I think it will make the make the transition easier. I think it will, although you know it worked out luckily for us, but yeah, it wasn't as smooth as some of it sounding. Other sounding is like more energetic and bigger, and I think it wasn't that hard. Each step wasn't hard for sounding. For sounding is like it seems really fun. Like all the introductions, nothing really hard.、Mm-hmm. Um, because what I learned from you, yeah, get better and better with each animal. Yeah, exactly. So, what advice do you have for people who are thinking about adding another species to their house? Yeah, good question. Or just think about, like, for example, crew resting, right? So, let's say you are thinking about adding a kitten, and then before that, I. Like I think it's a good idea to make sure the dog can stay in crate, can stay behind the baby gate,、mm-hmm. and not get stressed,、mm-hmm. even without like no kitten introduced yet.、Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest、uh, because I, let's say people say some breeds have high prey drive,、mm-hmm. but I think that still highly depends on individual.、Mm-hmm. If anyone is, isn't sure, highly recommend to work with professionals、mm-hmm. just to avoid making mistake. Because mistakes could、uh, have consequences, which no one wants、right. in situation, right? Yeah,、mm-hmm. definitely. Did you work with anyone、um, when you were starting out to learn more about the behavior? I wasn't uh, um, really like particular with anyone.、Mm-hmm. I think I just read a lot of books.、Mm-hmm. Um, I work with several trainers, but only one or two sessions. Sometimes、mm-hmm. I had a I had actual bad luck with a first positive trainer we worked with.、Mm-hmm. I think she was highly recommended with、um, uh, not veterinary behaviors, but animal behaviors. But she definitely pushed. Looking back, she definitely pushed Nico way over threshold in the session,、mm-hmm. and then Nico actually. Is rapidly got worse, you know.、Uh, now I know trigger stacking.、Mm-hmm. So the, the following two days, his reactivity just much worse.、Mm-hmm. So after that, I got a bit scared. I feel yeah, like I want to, I want to understand myself, like what's going on first, so I can, I know what is good trainer and what is not good trainer.、Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, that there are that's even positive trainers, we cannot really guarantee the. Like the quality or、uh, right, it just this industry need more regulation. But anyway, so I I started to read a lot of books on my own and then start to attend webinars and then work with veterinary behaviors to all that. And then after that, I think I just didn't work with many trainers. And then till I become a trainer, right? You're just like、I'm, I need to understand this and I need to. Do it from my own.、Thing. Yeah, on my own. Like, so I can I can tell who the good trainer is not. Like, so I understand what the trainer is saying. Like,、uh, if the trainer, what trainer says, makes sense. But yeah, and then I just become trainer myself. That's that's the way it always happens, right? You have an animal that is difficult, that makes you think, that makes you, you know, change the way you're doing things, and then you start to delve into all of this behavior stuff, and you go down the rabbit hole. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. 
is to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. So do you have anything else that you want to tell people who are, you know, in the throes of cat dog relationship issues to let them know anything about your experience that might help? Think, uh, anything else? I actually couldn't think about anything else. Mm. I guess just to slow is I always slow is better uh, mm-hmm. than like trying to. I don't set deadlines on when I have to get this done. Like mm-hmm. behavior, there's no deadlines in behavior because changing how they feel about each other it takes time, and then we do it and their speed, mm-hmm. right? So you cannot say I'm just gonna. If Twitter tells you I can fix it in two weeks, basically they have to suppress the behavior because there's no one who guarantee you I can change how the dog feels about the kid mm-hmm. in two weeks. Like that's just how emotion, how behavior right. works. So I think you just take as much time as you need, and whenever you feel unsure, you just you know back up one step or two. It's slow doesn't mean slow, and the moment doesn't mean you will never introduce them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just to make sure it's a safe and then it's a smooth ride. Yeah, so. that's perfect. That's a perfect <laughs> way to end. If anyone has any questions about your story or anything you've said is. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, so can find me on Instagram, um, uh, Dr. Lillian, and then TikTok. I think TikTok also Dr. Lillian. I'm not on TikTok a lot anymore. I only post a video there. Yeah, I, I took a break from TikTok. And then also my website is um, doctortraining.com. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'll link all of that to the in the show notes. I really, really appreciate talking with you. You have such an interesting perspective on everything. And I love hearing all the stuff that you're doing with your animals now and seeing the videos of you with Simon and doing the cooperative care stuff with him. Um, (laughs) I'm definitely gonna ask you for some of those videos so that you know everyone can see how cute he is. (laughs) He's just like, and how much he loves training. Uh, it's so it's so wonderful. So I really really appreciate uh, chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Yeah, it's really glad to be here. This was great. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, yeah. Bye. Have a good day. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode helped you feel less alone in your struggles with your cats and dogs, and made you think about how your life with them might improve. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss my next episode. And if you want a chance to see the animals we were talking about today, check out the bonus podcast content section of the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club's community site. There you'll find short clips of my guests' pets at various points in their integration process, working through some of the techniques they talked about on the show, or just being cute. You might find some mini explanations or commentary from me in there as well. You can get access to that bonus content area for this and all episodes by going to praiseworthypets.com bonus. That's all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs.